Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Jazz Talker. Jazz is the host of the Jazz Talker Podcast, the founder of REC Canada under Royal LePage, where he has kept his team number three in the country for the past five years, and founder of From the Ground Up Media, where he focuses on helping real estate agents produce quality content. His passion is working with real estate companies and agents and helping them create content that attracts and inspires. Jazz shares his one big tip today, which is to work to reduce the friction and conflict in your life so you can work towards your goals and create the life you want. So this is going to be an excellent conversation today. Jazz, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. You're welcome, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, you know, before we get started with our conversation today and trying to inspire hopefully that one person out of the hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of listeners and viewers that you have, if not millions by now, you know, I'm hoping, and I know, I know you're kind of cut from the same cloth in that sense that we just want to try to inspire one person to take action. I actually just want to congratulate you, man, because as a fellow content creator, brother, I know how hard it is to get people on, on podcasts and then, and then put yourself out there and then, and then people get canceled or there's delays or whatever it is, man, technology sometimes. And I had a little issue with technology on my end, you know, as we started, but, uh, uh, for you to continuously and consistently put yourself out there, it's, it's personally the virus that I like to put out there, but I think we just need more positivity in, in our lives and, and, and you're doing your part. So congratulations and thank you for doing all that. For, for the world, man. We need a lot more of it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for those positive vibes. So listen, there were a lot of commas in that intro, right? You do a lot of stuff. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. Well, I think first and foremost, your listeners can't see I'm a very good looking Indian guy. I think I'm going to start there. But all kidding aside, you know, I'm born in the northern part of Toronto, Canada, in an area called Rexdale. And it's and it's one of those areas that when people were driving through there, you were told to like lock your doors, put up your windows, just like a, a stigma around it. And luckily for myself, I was sheltered from it somewhat because of the home that that I grew up in and my father, my mother, my two older brothers, you know, I, I got to see on a daily basis, my father being a taxi driver his whole life, my mother being a factory worker her whole life, like that's like work ethic is ingrained in me, right? Like it's not that we didn't grow up with nothing, but we also didn't grow up with everything, right? And and so that probably lower middle class, I guess you can kind of say, um, seeing them put in the work daily, saving money, 
not necessarily taking a lot of risks. I think I got my my stomach, and for your viewers, you can see I, I do have one, but I mean my stomach for taking risks, probably for my older brother. Just he's nine years my senior, almost 10 years my, my, my senior, and just watching him and him allowing me to be part of the conversations that he was having. So when he's 25, I'm 15, 16 years old, right? And he's 30, I'm 19, I'm 20, 21 years old. And, and so I've always been a little older and wiser, I guess, because I've been part of those conversations at such a, at such a young age. And so that really set me up at, at that age of like 11, 12, I started to realize how much I like this industry of sales. Like, not even knowing it was an industry. I started knocking on people's doors, selling newspapers, but you could tell, right? Like the feedback you're getting from, from, from the guys and gals that were opening the doors, the tips I was getting. Then I go into selling shoes for three, four years. Then I went into the banking industry and the sales and service industry, uh, serve, uh, sales and service department. Then I go into selling cars all three to four years since. And now it's been selling real estate for the last 17, almost 18 years. I've never done any, any other job really. Like this is, I owe so much to the sales industry because it's given someone like myself an opportunity to really have like no ceiling. Like there's, there's just no ceiling in terms of what you can earn, the lifestyle that you can have. And I think I do it a little differently, right? Like I'm not that, that pushy salesperson. I, I bring a lot of energy and I, I think I got some charisma, um, but I'm just not into, into that sleazy sales salesman stuff. And I guess it's almost, it's easy being in the sales industry as well, because you know that, that the bar's not set that high, right? Like if, if, if you would ask people the some of the most trusted professions, firemen, policemen, and, and so on and so forth would probably be at the top. I think salesmen and saleswomen would be near the bottom. And so knowing that, that, that most salespeople are pushy and they are trying to manipulate and I'm not knocking anybody, but like, I just, I think we've all dealt with people like that in this industry. I knew that if I just like made it easy for people by informing them, by educating them, and I do that through a lot of my content creation, that they'll be able to make an informed decision themselves. And I can actually sleep well at night because I'm not pushing a service or pushing a product down their throne. I think, I think that's what's really, you know, made me a little unique and different, especially in the real estate industry. You know, what's interesting is that uh, salespeople in general are underrepresented in a lot of different arenas, you know, like in movies, in, um, I, you know, like as soon as you say salesman, the impression is that, oh, this guy's going to, this guy's going to steal from me or he's not going to, or he's not going to make a, or it's not going to be a win-win situation. You know, one of my favorite movies is Glengarry Glenn Ross. Have you seen it? The coffees are for closers, Jeff. The coffee is for closers <laughs> or you get this, or you get this set of steak knives, right? Where's my leads? Where's all the leads? Where's all the leads? I love that movie. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what happens is that, you know, like, and I highly recommend that everybody watches this, right? Because what what happens in sales, you know, and I try to, you know, I try to instill this with, with my kids and I tell this to anyone who will listen. We are all in sales, right? I mean, fire up Tinder, you know, the dating app, you're in sales, right? You know, when you write a resume, you're in sales right? Even though you're going for that engineering job and you think you don't have to talk to somebody, you still have to sell yourself 
you know, on how to get out there, right? So salesmanship is a necessary skill for wherever you are, right? Well, no product, no product or service, and sorry to cut you off, Jeff, has ever, ever moved from one person to another without some type of sale happening. Like the mics that we're using, the, the cameras that are on right now, the laptop that everybody's watching this on, the TV that everybody's watching this on, the fact that they're most likely watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn right now, the, 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 the fact that they're watching on those platforms, well, you were sold something, whatever it was, right? And I think the guys and gals that, that are in this industry and they're not ashamed of it, like, look, I can use the title of founder. I can use the title of a real estate broker. But I tell people all the time, I'm a salesperson. And I'm like proud of it. And if you have your judgments around that, not you as Jeff, but you as somebody who's watching or listening right now, I get it. I understand it. But if you actually dive into some of my content, if you actually take the opportunity, because there's a, there's a lot of salespeople who are from the consult, consultative approach, they're, they're actually trying to bring value to a conversation in terms of educating you, then you'll come to realize that not all salespeople are sleazy. I definitely understand why people think it, but as you actually take the time and if you're one of the salespeople that who might have a problem saying that they're a salesperson, I think you need to really look at yourself in the mirror and, 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 and ask yourself, do you have a problem with it? Because you are manipulating people. You are being a little bit sleazy. It's always about what goes into your pocket because if you're not, then be proud of it. Understand that there has been no product, no service. Ever since we've been a child, we've been selling mommy for milk. I just decided that I wasn't going to stop and I never did, but we were selling for it. You sold it by begging, crying, screaming, whatever it was, right? And so I think, I think it's a, an amazing industry. It's given me everything I have in my life, right down to my kids. I had to sell my wife. <laughs> like not only to have kids, but to actually get married to me. And I'm a hard sale. I know that um, for all the, all the negative stuff that I have about me on all my insecurities, I'm not perfect. Nowhere near it. Like you have to, you have to come to realize that salespeople are needed and there's a better way of doing it. Like you don't have to be the person who has to have the gift of gab. You don't have to be like all out there. Like I am either. You don't have to come with a lot of energy. Does it help? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think I've had longevity of 28 years now almost in this industry because of some of those things that I have. But you can be an introvert and still be great in sales. You might just have to come to realize that your, your selling might come from uh, a different vantage point. It might not be like on one-on-ones all the time. Maybe you have to sell through your writing. Maybe you have to sell through your pictures. If there's other mediums that not only that we learn from, but we can, we actually buy products through, right? So it doesn't always have to be like the most charismatic person is the best salesperson. I actually think that if you aren't comfortable with being on video, there's other ways to showcase your product or service. The, uh, that is so well said because there are so many ways now and so many platforms that we can put ourselves out on. And one of the things that consistently floors me is that my kids have a cell phone, right? And with that cell phone, they have a platform. They have grown up as digital natives because at the end of the day, you and I are foreigners, right? 
you know, we immigrated to this, uh, to this space. And what happens is that they grew up knowing that they have a platform, right? Whether it's Snapchat, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, at some point they know that they can, that there is a space that they can put themselves out there and advertise. This is why I'm cool. This is why I'm pretty. This is why I'm active or, you know, all of these things, right? And what happens is that that is going, that is creating tectonic shifts in how we sell today, right? Because it used to be, you could just throw a Google ad up. And as long as your cost per click was, you know, was lower than the cost of the product, you're good, right? Right. That was a, that was a money tree. That was a license to print money. And now you can't really do that anymore. Now you have to get more creative and you have to think about, okay, how are people consuming this? Right. Well, well now we're really aging. I'm going to age our, age both you and I, right, brother? Like, I mean, before that, it was all about the TV. Before that, it was all about the radio. Before that, it was all about print. And, and I mean, I'm sure before then, and even up as recent as maybe like a decade ago, you would go door knocking. You would pick up the phone and cold call people. Like, I still tell this day, I don't know how much you guys get it, like in the state side there, but here in Canada, like Toronto specifically, we get bothered four to five times a day with someone cold calling us about getting like a special on air duct cleaning. You know, it's like a regular thing that, that we get calls on. And so, um, those, some of those things still work door knocking and cold calling and anybody who's not in the real estate, real estate industry as a real estate agent, you probably see billboards and you see bus shelters and all that kind of stuff. And that's still, some of that still works, but there's just, so much more easier ways to actually get in front of people now, because to your point, Jeff, some, like the younger generation, well, they're not watching as much like regular cable TV. I'm 40. The only time, and I just want to make sure I got this right. Yeah. The only time that I watch regular cable TV is a live sports game. Like that's the only time I'm watching something with commercials. I can't even remember the last time I saw a commercial, right. Other than some type of, NFL Super Bowl game or whatever it might have been. And and so knowing that now, like spending millions upon millions of money uh, dollars on on commercials, it might not be the best return on your investment, right? I get why somebody would spend hundreds of millions if they had to on a Super Bowl ad because so many people are watching it. I understand that. But knowing that most people are on seven, eight apps on this device, why not be there? In fact, that's where they want to, this younger generation and even the older generation, because this is not just for millennials by any means. We're on those six, seven, eight apps, probably a cumulative of two to three hours a day on the low end. Like if you were to actually add it up, if you're on those apps, you yourself as a viewer are on those apps, you know that majority of the people that you're trying to reach as in customers are on those apps as well. Why wouldn't you put out some type of content there about your product or service, which I got some news for people. Like when I started doing this three and a half years ago, I actually didn't even realize the power of someone connecting with me before they actually met me in the office. Like being a, a, a salesperson born and bred, I never had that tool because if I had an hour consultation with a prospect, the first 35 minutes of it was just me building rapport and, and building credibility. Well, now when somebody saw a video of me at two o'clock in the morning, read a, a blog that I might've had written at four o'clock in the morning in their pajamas, when they come into my office, 
I have a little bit more leverage. And I don't mean leverage from the perspective of taking advantage of it, but I mean it from the perspective of I have leverage because they saw all that. They heard my voice. They had something I had to write about, and they still decided to pick up the phone and call me or come into my office. That means that at bare minimum, they somewhat liked what they saw, heard, or read that they still came into me to, co- to come see me in the office, where in the past, I had no clue where the person was coming from. And maybe, maybe I actually had to go, you know, go door knocking and knock on their door. So I was actually even disturbing them. And now you're trying to build up, you're working uphill. Once I got this tool in my toolbox, it was game over. Like I put every single one of my dollars into putting out content every single day because not all your pieces of content are going to resonate and or hit with your target market because they, they might just not see it. They might not like what you said, but I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to put out content consistently and then allow, then allow the right people, the right customers to come to me and repel the wrong ones. Because if somebody watches a video, they're watching right now, they're making this like they're, they're, in their head, they got these bullshit detectors and they're like, this guy's full of, you know what, or I kind of like what he has to say. And maybe I want to get to know him more like video. That's why video is the top, top way for you to actually connect with people other than meeting with them one-on-one. But I want to emphasize that. And I really, really want to make sure I articulate that not as not everyone's as good looking as Jeff. Not everyone has that sultry voice like he does. And so you might not be as comfortable as he is. Go do the other types of mediums. Go write if you're a writer. Go take pictures if you're an amazing picture taker. If you're, if you're someone that can draw, like put out your messaging through drawing. Like there is a lot of other ways, but don't get it twisted for a second. Video is the best because they get to feel you. Like see you, kind of feel your energy or lack thereof. And some people, I turn off a lot of people. I know that because of the energy that I come with. And so even if you don't have it, as I mentioned earlier, you just got to put yourself out there. So it starts the, it starts the feedback loop. And then, then you could do more of what works and less of what doesn't work. You know, I love that rant because one of the main things that I was doing, you know, especially when I, when I started this podcast, I bought all the gear, right? I bought everything and I tried to do video and I was just like, and I tried to do it on my own and it, it, it physically hurt. I mean, it just, everything was turning, was turning in my stomach and I was just like, no, I can't do this. And then I was like, you know, something let's do, you know, let's do an interview style podcast, right? That's how it originally started was to just, just do audio. So first of all, there was a lot less pressure, right? To do that. And second of all, you know, like speaking with other people, I'm great. You know, I can do this for hours. You and I can nerd out on this stuff, you know, until, until 7 PM tonight. But first of all, no one wants to hear all that, right? Unless we break the, break up this episode into several parts, but the other (laughs) You know, but the other part is, you know, I always knew that my personality and my voice and my demeanor, I knew I was toxic to one to two out of 10 people. Right. And I accepted that. I'm like, you know something, if I'm not your cup of tea, move on, just move on. You know, it's all good. You know, let's stay friends, you know, but one of the things that I really thought uh, about when, uh, when I set this up was God, I hate my voice. God, I hate, you know, and especially when I, you know, when I, when I made that transition in the video, I was trying to figure out like, what would be the best way to portray this? And, you know, at some point I was just like, you know, something you were putting up way too many roadblocks, 
just go and do it. It's all good. And if you mess up, if you stutter, if you make a mistake, hey, you know something, you're all human. That's why people love you, you know? And if you said to me, and like with all, and sometimes I joke around and tell people like, look, the, the reason I'm okay to do content because I like the sound of my own voice, right? But the truth of the matter is I don't sit at home and get off on the sound of my own voice. And somebody who does, like, I, I wouldn't worry about that person, right? So if you said to me right now, Jeff, that you do, Jeff, don't I just have a most, like the most beautiful voice? Like, and so the reason I'm going here is because most people don't like watching themselves and listening to themselves. That's such a normal, normal way of living and being. But, and everyone who's watching right now, like I, I implore you to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the comments on what you think of Jeff's voice. Cause to me, your voice sounds normal. Like it doesn't, it's not the most amazing voice in the world and it's not the worst voice in the world. Right. So to everyone else, like if you actually did like the, the way that you looked or the, the sound of your own voice, as I mentioned, I think that would be a problem. I think most people are like the exact opposite of like, Hey, I understand that I don't like my own voice or, or, or uh, I don't like seeing myself, but here's the truth. When you're meeting with a prospect one-on-one, they're going to see you. They're going to hear your voice. So why not get that out of the way up front? Because if someone did not like the sound of your own voice, great. They're never going to come, come to your office and meet with you. I think that's a great thing. They're not wasting their time. They're not wasting your time because they've already, ab- they've already been able to make that decision up front, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I love the way how a lot of people really get it, right? You know, so we are just putting content out there for people to hear it. And if they get, you know, if they get a reaction out of it or they hear something that they like, you know, they're welcome to talk about it. They're welcome to share it. They're welcome to, you know, put a thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, whatever it is. They're welcome to react to it, right? One of the things that I really, um, you know, that I wanted to ask you, about, uh, you know, especially, you know, in terms of real estate sales, right, is, you know, like we just bought a house about about seven months ago. And what I learned about real estate sales in particular is that they get bombarded with a lot of, with a lot of tools, with a lot of, um, with a lot of procedures, processes, and, you know, this is the best way to do it, or this is how to navigate the Miami market, you know, or this is how to navigate the Atlanta market or the Toronto market. You know, it's like all up in the air, you know, it's not volatile, but it's, you know, it's very active, right? How do you help people filter through that noise in order to find the right process that works for them, right? Are you asking from the perspective of like a client who's thinking about buying or selling or like real estate agents navigating through it? No, because you, uh, you support real estate agents, right? So you mm-hmm. help them, you, uh, you know, you help them articulate, you know, like a, what kind of market, you know, do yeah. they want to go into commercial or residential? Should they focus just on one neighborhood or should they just be in the downtown area, you know, in the financial center, the CBD, you know, like uh, th- my point is, is that there's so much information out there. There are so many tools. There are so many modalities on the way to do it. There are so many postcards that you can send. There are so many cold calls that you can send. How do you help people remove that friction so that they can really focus down and, you know, and serve their clients to the best possible way? How does that look in your book? Yeah, I I think that's a great question. Um, At the start, when you're starting out in this business, I always push people to 
to join a team that does a little of everything in the real estate business, i.e. work with first-time home buyers, work with sellers of properties, work with investors. And then within those three uh, types of, of clients, there's the residential side and then there's the commercial side to what you mentioned. And so when you're starting and, and, and one other uh, aspect of the business is helping people rent slash lease out properties. And so, and so I would always recommend at the start, get on a team that actually does all of it because you as starting out, when you're starting out new, you're not, you don't even really know what you like and what you might actually even be good at. And so for me, the best way to get started is actually try all of it. Like literally at the start, try it all. Try all those, all those types of clients. Help all those try, uh, uh, types of clients within all those strategies as well. The, the, the commercials and the residentials helping you know, with multiplexes. And then there's just condos, for example. And then after eight, 10 months, and there's not really an exact time frame, but I think nothing longer than probably a year, now start to narrow down that list. And then you can start to check it off. You know what? I really like the fact that the emotion that's involved with a first-time home buyer, because you know, for, for me, when I worked with home, first-time home buyers very, very, very early on in my career, I liked like being part of that part of their process in their life. Like they kind of always were hopefully going to remember me or at least like when they think about their first property, they'll, they'll be able to think about the agent that was helping them. I liked all that. Right. But later on, I started to like also the, the numbers and the analytical aspect of an investment property. And so that really got my juices turning. And, and now I know I have 54 agents that help clients right across the board. But personally, I really stick to the investment side of real estate because, again, I found that I do like the analytical aspect and the numbers when it comes to real estate more than the emotions, right? And, and, and so for me, that's what I went all in on. But when you're starting, you, again, don't know what you're going to like. So get on a team because it's going to be very, very, very difficult at the start for you to actually get in touch with all those types of clients. So why not jump on the backs of uh, a team that's already doing it at a high level? Please leave clues. So somebody who's doing it at a high level, you can pick up on some of the business that they're actually missing out on because it doesn't matter what business it is, it always has holes. And so you can try to plug some of those holes, get to the table, meaning even if you have to work free at the start, even if you just had to bring coffee to the table so you can be immersed in the conversations that's happening with that team, I want you to do that. And then into that year time frame, you can start to make a decision on what you want to focus on, maybe primarily, maybe, maybe there's one or two things in the business, and then you can start to hone in on that. In terms of marketing, like 17, almost 18 years of experience in real estate and helping now hundreds upon hundreds of agents closely, like on my team that have come and gone and, and I've got to see them grow. And, and I've seen a lot of failures. I've had a lot of failures personally myself in this business as well. There is nothing, nothing from a marketing perspective that would even come close to content creation. And then from a sales perspective, because those are two different things. Marketing is more long-term, sales is more short-term. Both very, very, very important. Marketing, more building relationships, sales a little bit more transactional, 
and that might have a negative connotation to some people, but at the end of the day, the transactions in the short term is, is what's going to keep the lights on. Marketing is what's going to keep top of the funnel people coming into your business, asking you to, to, for your product or your service. I want you to focus on the sales side in building, building relationships by picking up the phone and meeting people face-to-face. Content creation from a marketing perspective is great and you can scale it because you can use this worldwide web, the internet to get right across the world. And it's fantastic. I love it. I, I, I couldn't beat that drum any more than I did today with you, Jeff, in terms of content creation. But again, don't get it wrong for a second in the real estate business or any sales business. You need to get comfortable with picking up the phone and asking for the sale. You got to get on to like, like meeting people. Otherwise, you can do all the socials and you can be great on video. But then when someone asks you a question, i.e., hey, how do I negotiate this deal? If you don't know how to talk and you don't, you're not comfortable with answering those questions and articulating it and, and being somewhat of a chameleon, understanding that how you speak with Jeff is different than how you speak with Parsa, and it's going to be different than how you speak to Laura because they're come from different backgrounds, they're from different age groups, and there's just so many differences amongst them that if you're not able to to be that chameleon and and reverse engineer some of your conversations based on their needs, you're going to lose long term. You can have the best marketing department, or you could be the best best podcast host in the world, but if you couldn't actually articulate and influence someone ethically to make them actually work with you. It's all for naught. Very well articulated. You know, uh, you know, now that we're quoting uh, movies, you know, from the movie boiler room, Ben Affleck, uh, you know, told all his recruits, a sale is going to be made today, right? Either you're going to sell them on a stock or they're going to sell you on why not to buy it. So hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's, it's like, you know, right now my team, so I have the 54 agents that I mentioned, but then I have a core group of eight people that work with me on a regular basis. Out of those eight people, there's three salespeople that I have, I have nurtured and trained. They're like my, you know, left, right, and, and, and brain, <laughs> for lack of a better term, right? And these three right now are on a call blitz, meaning I have a, a, a database that I've been nurturing over 17 to almost 18 years of 11,562 people. These three guys right now are on calls and not like, it's not cold calling because these are clients that I've been nurturing for 17 years and they're asking the question, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, 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 client, uh, where's your headspace at with what's happening with the real estate market right now? In a 30 day period, the target is to do 3000 calls. 98% of those calls, Jeff, are going to be from people that say no, or they're not going to pick up the phone. We're actually okay with it because we're not in convincing mode. We're not trying to convince Jeff to do business. We're just sorting for the 2% that are ready to go and they say yes. The other 98%, we're going to ask them very politely if it's okay that we stay in touch with them and follow up with a phone call, email, or some type of event anywhere from three to six months from now, right? And so I believe in sorting as a, as a salesperson and not convincing because there is people right now in a massive, let me, let, you know, let me not over-dramatize it, in a market that is actually in a downturn, like that we're going through as of right now, 
there is still people who want to take advantage of compelling buying opportunities. So you're going to hear a bunch of no's. You just need to sort for those yeses. Amazing. What an, you know, it's like, it's such a great process and to know, you know, that you have set up your team so that you can, you know, you're basically set setting them up for success, right. Yeah. Is actually, you know, like the best part about it. So I love this. I love the way you articulated that. Thank and, you. And, and really quickly, I, I, I'm glad, like, you know, I'm glad that that landed with you. And, and, and as you were saying that, you know, I think, I think what we've even done more than they're just setting them up for success. I've gotten them comfortable with failure. Like we went into this and me telling them, guys, Tyler, Luke, Ali, be prepared for 98% of people to say no. That's okay. That is completely okay. Please don't go down and try to sell them. Like I'm not a, I'm not a sales coach. I'm not somebody who tells people like be pushy and, and not that sales coaches are, but like I'm, I have experience in this industry because I'm still doing it. I'm still doing the business where if somebody says they're not ready yet, I, can't, I get that you can ask 62 more questions and try to handle their objections. And I just don't feel like people are hockey pucks. And so I don't want to handle them. If they're not ready, don't push them, man. They'll be ready later on. And if you're nice about it, they'll probably tell a friend when they're at a cocktail party, when that friend mentions, oh my God, I would love to get some real estate advice. Well, hopefully they think of Jazz's team, right? That's when they, that's when they hopefully will think of us. But if we know that we're actually going to wake up in the morning and 98% of the calls we make, nobody's going to pick up or they're going to say no, that's okay because we're just sifting through to get that red juicy apple. And that's the person that says, hey, I'm ready to at least get more information. And if it's compelling enough, I might even take action. Amazing, amazing stuff. Jez, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly? I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm not that hard to find. I produce uh, uh, an ungodly amount and, and some would say too much content, but I believe that, you know, more is more, that's for sure. And, and so I'm not that hard to find. I think the easiest thing to do is to just go on jazztakar.ca. That's J-A-S-T-A-K-H-A-R. .ca and you can fi- figure out how you want to consume me. If it's video, audio, the written word, your Instagram, all that stuff, all my handles are there and socials are there. Uh, but start there just at jazztacker.ca. Amazing. Jazz, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a great conversation. I love the energy and I really appreciate all the value bombs that you dropped today. Thank you for joining right. me. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, 
and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.